Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick. And this week, I'm very excited because we have Sophia Dickens. Hello, Sophia. Hi, Martha. Um, Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, We are going to be talking about social emotional learning for the summer and kind of how to help prevent backslide and all that good stuff. And I'm very excited that uh, you are willing to be on the show, Sophia. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to be online with you. Wonderful. Well, before we get into all of that good stuff, let's hear a little bit about your background and your journey working with kids and building uh, this wonderful app. Absolutely. So I was um, an educational media host, and my background was really in taking academics and making it really fun and entertaining. Um, I was a video correspondent on the game show Jeopardy and would travel all over the world. And Alex Trebek would say, let's go to Sophia, you know, in some exotic location. I think I remember you, Sophia. You do. All right. Um, And (laughs) so I really got excited about taking, you know, taking information and turning it into something really entertaining and fun. And then I hosted a show that Anderson Cooper left to go to CNN called Channel One, which it goes into about half the classrooms in the country. And it's kind of CNN meets MTV and also saw how we were able to reach so many young people. Um, And so prior to that, when I was a student at Harvard, I was studying psychology um, when I read the book Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Mm -hmm. And he started this whole movement that really took off from that point forward. I was totally blown away by his findings that social and emotional skills are a stronger correlate to life success than academics. Um, And here I was in a very academic world and thinking, you know what, this couldn't be more true. About 80% of what really makes you successful and um, makes you feel, um, you know, empowered and Mm well-rounded and gives you healthy relationships has more to do with your ability to read a room and focus and control your impulses than your book skills, you know, your book smarts and being able to think linearly and memorize. And so um, this really became a passion for me. And then when I became a mom for the first time, 
I remember saying to my husband, I don't want the kids leaving the house at 18 just having memorized a bunch of stuff. I want them to be emotionally intelligent. I want them to be emotionally well-rounded and happy. And so I poured into that 40 years of data that was out there and learned from the best of the best experts and then created this learning program called Q Wonder. Yes, which I uh, have been playing around on and shared with uh, some of my older nanny kids. And it's a, it's a really wonderful app. And, uh, and it does touch on so many life skills. <laughs> so. Thank you. Thank you. And we really just wanted to make it fun and entertaining because this is the most important thing you could be teaching your kids, whether you're a na- nanny or a parent. Um, but yet there really haven't been any tools out there to make it fun and easy and affordable. And right. so this is something that I tell you, I'll be doing this summer with my four kids. <laughs> we will be doing the Q wonder stuff and practicing life skills and just really incorporating it into our day-to-day life. Yes, that is so important. And something that I think is really nice about being a nanny, at least for me, is that we do get to be more focused on some of the social and emotional learning side of things um, because we're not, you know, teachers in a classroom and expected to check off certain uh, curriculum things. And there are a lot of nannies that, that make lesson plans for the day, but you can more easily navigate incorporating these things into your day-to-day as a nanny, I would think, than as a teacher where you have to, you know, check in with people and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. No, and as a mom, I, I really envy your position because, you know, sometimes moms are just so scattered and sleep-deprived and, frankly, exhausted. Right. And so it's nice to have somebody who can come in with a really fresh outlook on your kids and their behaviors and what they need and and kind of look with a new perspective and see, okay, well, that child really blossoms when I do this, or this child mm-hmm. is really passionate and excited about this, or this child needs to work on this. And so um, I think it's a really awesome position to be in because it's like being a teacher, but you have less children to kind of right. manage <laughs> and you, you know them better. You know them in a really personal way. Right. Yes. And we can, you know, decide today we're going to go to the park and practice this skill or, you know, the library and look up about this. So I, I love following those, uh, curiosity trails. Uh, yeah. And the cool, the cool thing about social and emotional skills is whether it's focus, practicing manners, friendship, patience, problem solving, all of that can be woven into your day-to-day time that you spend with the kids. And it can be done in a really fun, easy way. Great. So let's talk about that. Um, What are some (laughs) of the ways that you can kind of weave it into your day-to-day? Well, I I think primarily it just needs to be fun and needs to be consistent, meaning that there's a lot of repetition. Mm -hmm. So the way I would approach it would be just to ask yourself, okay, what are the two traits that I really want to instill in the kids that I care for? Mm-hmm. Or maybe what's the one trait that I want to grow in each one of the kids, just based on their personalities and their needs. And right. then just think of some fun ways to teach those, those skills. Um, one of the most promising things about social and emotional skills is that unlike IQ, They can be drastically improved throughout the course of your life, and you'll start to see changes literally right away. Mm. Um, You know, we spend a lot of time working on math and science problems with our kids when if you just invested a little bit of time in social-emotional skills, say 
helping them to control their impulses when something bad happens or helping them to wait a little bit longer, just show a little bit of patience, um, mm-hmm. then there's going to be a really dramatic effect. Um, it's, it has a really very positive snowball effect that's measurable. And so small tweaks now really lead to huge changes later. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Stanford marshmallow test that they did yes. in the 70s. You know, just those four-year-olds that were able to control themselves and wait to get a second marshmallow, just show a little bit of impulse control. They followed them for about 60 years and saw that these kids were happier, more well-rounded, had healthier relationships, better SAT scores, lower (laughs) incarceration rates. I mean, just everything across the board. And so my point being that there's just, there are a lot of little things that you can do um, to help them to grow those skills and just small tweaks make a big difference. So for example, if you want to teach your child to be a little more patient, then you can, you can add um, little exercises during the day where they're having, having to wait for things. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you have a kitchen timer or pull out your phone and put the timer on. And if they want something, you say, okay, you can have that in two minutes. Or you can go outside and play in three minutes after you've cleaned up and tidied up this room. And so teaching them that they need to clean up to kind of earn privileges. Yes. And, um, and then if you're standing in line, if you're at the movie theater or the store or just while you're walking down the sidewalk, you can make up games for waiting and have them come up with new game ideas. So you're sort of showing them that they have the power to control their impulses and they have the power to make the most of each situation. Yes, I love that. Um, How about an example for the kind of like rise uh, of anger or a rise of really powerful emotions? I I have worked with kids that have that and I've I've seen them work to overcome it um and to to do something healthy with those feelings but mm-hmm. I would love your input on that. Um you know that's that's a really tough question because <laughs> right s- school violence is obviously a big issue violent behaviors in school um really a big concern for parents and teachers yes. and kids. Um, and I'm not an expert that can speak to that, but from what I've witnessed um, through kind of creating this platform and these tools for moms and, and nannies and kids and teachers is that, you know, uh, violent or aggressive feelings or behaviors kind of need to be addressed. Right. Um, and sometimes when you approach it with sort of a touchy-feely, let's you know, put that feeling in your pocket or let's talk about that feeling. Sometimes it's, it's hard. Um, a lot of it has to do with just kids having lots of excess energy. Mm -hmm. And so the more physical activity you can give them, the more they're able to, um, control those impulses. Studies show that children who are able to really control their arms and legs, um, are able to exhibit more mental and emotional self-control. So, um, I play a lot of games with my kids, and Q Wonder has a lot of games like this. And this is part of the board game and also part of the show where um, kids are doing the crab walk, and they're balancing on one foot and jumping on one leg and um, doing all sorts of fun physical coordination drills, which just really seem like fun activities, but they're mm-hmm. actually building those that balance and coordination, which lays the foundation for 
um, kids being able to control their feelings. I think one really good exercise for kids who react when something happens to them in an angry way um, is to explain to them that they can take a little pause, kind of do the red light, green light thing and Mm -hmm. say, okay, when something bothers you, then think red light. And just a tiny little pause helps them to make a wiser decision when they actually respond to a stimulus. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there there are a lot of little ways that you can kind of coach kids. It's really like self-help for kids, right? Right, yes. Um, And you can work through things. Also just helping them to have the vocabulary because I know a lot of grown-ups who (laughs) aren't able to categorize their emotions. So they, they display anger when they're actually just embarrassed or disappointed. Mm. And so to help the child um, have a vocabulary for what they're feeling, they'll see that, you know, maybe I'm not furious, maybe I'm just a little embarrassed. And so to be able to say that, I think, relieves a lot of the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that we work on a lot in Q Wonder. Yeah. I also think as nannies modeling, because there are things that, um, even today, a kid pulled up this flag that was marking a gas line. And, <laughs> you know, my immediate reaction was like, why would you do that? Um, and, you know, and then we worked on it and talked about it. And I said, I, I probably overreacted uh, to that. And so modeling that, you know, when we that have... That humility, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. That's so important. And just talking through your own feelings, because I find that... Sometimes as moms and also as nannies, we try to project this image of like perfection and having mm. it all together for our kids because that's what makes you feel like a super nanny, right? Right, yes. But kids need to know that you're a real person and you get your feelings hurt and you have disappointing days, but they it's helpful for them to hear how you deal with it. So, you know, if you're if you if you're frustrated about something, it's okay to share that with the kids and say, you know what, I'm really frustrated. This thing didn't go my way. I was hoping that it would, and now I'm disappointed. But and then you give them a little lesson in mindset. You say, but I'm trying to think of a solution to make things better. Or but next time I'm going to do this. Or but you know things happen and that's just sort of the way the world is sometimes and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. So just giving them kind of um, a framework on how to think about it. I'm frustrated, but here's the solution. I'm hurt, but it's going to be okay. Right? Yeah. Um, And that just kind of helps them to think along that same framework. Yes. That's such great advice. I also find um, helping them learn about breath and how their breath can help them has been very um, important in my nannying. So, oh, I totally agree. Yeah, teaching them to take, you know, three deep breaths when they're feeling anything, you know, even very, very excited and want, you know, to do something right away. That's such a great tool. I mean, my, uh, my daughter, my older daughter, when she was little, she was just a bundle of emotions. <laughs> so my husband taught her to blow into her hand. And oh, sometimes yeah. she would blow five, five times into her hand till her face was completely blue. <laughs> but ultimately it calmed her down and she was obviously passing a lot more breath through her body and that, and that helped. And that was one of the reasons um, that I created this, this breathing buddy. It's called the, the Q-Time Buddy. Oh. And it's a plush 
version of our monkey, our um, Q Wonder, who is the lovable character in the TV show. Mm -hmm. And so it has a little bit of weight to it and his chin is tipped up so children can put him on their belly and lay down on their backs and do a breathing exercise. And that was all inspired by uh, Daniel Goldman's work with uh, some classrooms in Spanish Harlem where children were coming into the classroom with all sorts of issues and problems from home and really unready to learn because there was just too much going on in their lives. And so the teacher incorporated something she called breathing buddies where they would just grab a little stuffed animal, lay down for two minutes, watch it go up and down on their bellies and really just take a moment to focus and breathe and relax. And so when she started incorporating this little exercise in her classroom, it was like she had a whole new classroom full of kids who were all of a sudden attentive and ready to learn. And she had this amazing year with her children. And so I thought, well, we all need this as parents Mm -hmm. and caretakers. This is a great tool for young kids to have a soft little cuddly friend who you can lay down with and just take a moment, whether it's kind of just a time out from the day or um, a time to focus or a time to brainstorm or think, let your thoughts flow Um, or just breathe if you're frustrated or excited. Yes. I think also that would be really useful for nannies uh, potentially transitioning out of nap time um, to maybe do some breathing uh, with their kids that aren't necessarily napping every day, but to keep that routine going, Mm. um, to lay down and, and do some breathing with them. I think that that would be really helpful. That's a great idea. Yeah, because I know a lot of times summer is when that nap transition <laughs> happens for, mm-hmm. um, for families because, you know, you don't necessarily want to throw them in the middle of the school year if they're going to preschool in the morning or the afternoon or anything like that. So doing it in the summer when you can uh, – when things go wrong, <laughs> you can adjust accordingly because the summer yeah, is a it's- little more flexible. Exactly. It's really just about having some little mechanism in mind Mm -hmm. for situations like that. So you have a go-to and that allows you to stay really calm because there's, there's, there's a solution for this. You know, there is somewhere that we go and something that we do when this type of behavior is happening or when you need to calm down. So just having something prepared, even if it's just, okay, we're going to lay on our backs and take three long breaths Mm -hmm. and close our eyes, then you know, that's something that the child gets used to. Right. Yes. Um, and then during the summer, kids are often more isolated or, um, you know, stuck with, with their sibling as, as one of their only playmates. And certainly as nannies, we attempt to set up playdates and things like that, but it's not the same, you know, seeing the same classmates every day you're not interacting or the kids aren't interacting with you know 18 kids a day um so what are some things that you can do with with smaller groups or you know one-on-one with a kid or one-on-two with a kid that are good ways to keep that social aspect going yeah absolutely um well, you mentioned that sometimes kids are stuck at home with their siblings. Uh-huh. Um, I did a segment on a, a few different segments on What's Up Moms, you know, the mom YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And we did one on how to make your kids BFFs. Oh, and yeah. so 
you know, while some kids might think it's torture to get stuck at home with their siblings, there are a few ways that you can really foster that friendship. I've always told my kids, you will be best friends because you're going to be best friends for life, much longer than mom's around. Um, it's really important that you guys are best friends. And if they're not treating each other than, that way, then we have a, a serious family sit down. But um, one of the things that I was suggesting was that um, in order to help your kids really have fun with one another, this is a little counterintuitive, but instead of giving them an activity all the time and saying, now you guys are going to play this game. Now you're going to do this. Now you're going to watch this show. You kind of let them be bored together. Mm. And when they have to come up with their own game or their own idea, then all of a sudden they're both having fun doing that game or, or developing that idea as opposed to them feeling like their sibling is just a hindrance to the game that was already set up or the fun that was already happening. So kind of letting them be bored. There was actually a great uh, article in Wired Magazine about how boredom breeds creativity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really hard for us to do when you want to be a great mom or you want to be a great caretaker and you're trying to come up with activities for your kids. It's okay to let them be bored occasionally. Um, And, you know, if it makes you feel better, you can always give them a few guidelines for what they can do. Um, When you say, you know, there's sometimes a lot of isolation, well, you can work with that in a really positive way. Kids don't have to be surrounded by friends at all times. Right. So just by saying, okay, you can sit down on this picnic blanket and I want you to, to draw a picture of an invention that would make your life at home easier. Mm. So, you know, my son, I asked him to do this on, we call it Thinking Thursdays. And they had to come up with all these inventions. My daughter was like trying to change gravity. Mm. And my son was much more practical. And he was like, no, I'm going to design a a new trash can with lower handles and bigger wheels that make it easier for me to take out the trash because that was his one chore, right? Right. And so it's fun. I mean, even a preschooler can come up with some really neat things. You know, I want you to draw a new animal that's never been seen before. Mm. Or I want you to um, go up in your room for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and come up with a show that you're going to come down and perform for me right? Mm. And just kind of force them into that creative, quiet space. That's also a really healthy way to spend a a small chunk of your day. Yes, I completely agree. Um, I have a theater background. And so a lot of those creativity type games or improv based games, uh, I play a lot with my kids and they do, they inspire them to, I mean, they always blow me away (laughs) with what they come (laughs) up with, you know, I'm, I just, I, I get so inspired by them. So Well, and, and as a nanny, I'm sure you know, there's nothing more ins- exciting than when the children run to mom and dad and say, look what I made, look what I created, look at this idea that I had. Right. I think that's one of the best feelings as a caretaker because there's something innate inside all of us that makes us want to create. And so... Sometimes we feel so burdened to schedule them at all times that mm-hmm. we forget that sometimes it's just quiet stillness that inspires creativity in the first place. Yes, yes. And I, I also think there are times um, 
with all of my nanny kids that I've ever been with where, you know, I've said like, let's go to the park. And they have said, no, I, I really want to, I want to stay home. Um, because sometimes they don't get that, especially during the school year, they don't necessarily get as much time at home as they would like. But in the summer, we can take advantage of that. Um, and I think that all of your suggestions are really great ways to take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to occasionally say to a child when they say, what are we doing today? Say nothing. (laughs) We're just going to sit out in the sunshine on a picnic blanket and enjoy it and talk and we'll make up something to do. You know, that, I think that's kind of, um, that's sort of an adventurous way to look at the day from time to time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. Um, so what are some other forms of, of summer backslide that you frequently see um, with kids that maybe isn't, you know, that their math skills backslide or anything like that? What are some some ways that kids regress in the summers? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's kind of a misconception that backsliding happens just because your nose isn't in a book. Right. Um, we're so accustomed to scheduling our kids and having them do math every single day. Well, I have friends who started a school where math only took place two months out of the year. Mm. And they covered everything they needed to cover. And granted, the kids weren't always current on their math, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a daily thing. So you don't have to think of your kids as backsliding academically as long as there's some learning happening. Right. So as long as you continue to learn and you continue to move, then they're really not going to be backsliding. There may be a few school skills that they regress in temporarily, but that's natural. You know, if you're a tennis player or a basketball player and you don't dribble for a couple of months, then you're going to have to catch up a little bit. Um, And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, So I think there are really a a lot of things that you can do to just continually inspire the kids, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when, you know, in in the department of keeping them creative. And you can incorporate if if you're working with a parent who um, has a strong focus on academics, then maybe you weave math into the day at the pool and you say, okay, well, I know you did addition and subtraction this year in school. So we're going to have splash math. You know, there's an (laughs) app called splash math, but Hey, make splash math happen at the pool and be like, okay, we're going to do, I'm going to shout out a subtraction problem. And if you know it, you jump into the pool and you swim to the other side and you tell me what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there are fun ways where you can incorporate math and science and all the things that they're learning in school, even writing, you know, they could practice writing a few thank you notes or, um, writing some lists, anything that just kind of keeps those skills up to par. Yes. And even on the podcast really recently, we had, um, in, we had an episode on inviting children into the kitchen and, uh, Leah McDermott talked about ways to incorporate math and literature and history and geography and all that into cooking. Um, and so there are ways to weave it in to, fun activities that you're already doing. Oh, that's awesome. One thing I liked doing with my kids was um, I would pull up a um, a classical piece Mm. on YouTube. And it wasn't something, it's not like you have to be an expert on classical music history. I just pulled it up and I saw, okay, these are the instruments that are being played. This is what the song is called. 
Um, this is, this was what inspired the song. These are the three parts of the movement. And so I, I taught it to the kids. We got so excited. We were running around the house, you know, <laughs> doing all these movements. Like when this hurricane comes and the big orchestra starts playing, and then there's this very quiet part where you have these tones of spring and summer and, and the kids would kind of dance along and they felt like they were part of it and they sort of owned this piece of music. Um, so there are little things like that. I mean, even when you take them to the playground, keeping the fitness up is a really a huge win for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, making an obstacle course at the playground and saying, okay, we're going to improve our time every single time we visit the playground. And then maybe part of the obstacle course is some sit-ups and pull-ups and jumping jacks. And then by the end of the summer, they can show mom and dad how strong they've become. Right. Yes. Yes. I love all of those ideas. Um, so I've been playing around with the app, the Q Wonder app, and there are like different areas for kids to play in. I've been pretending to be a child while I play it. <laughs> um, and so it talks about manners and responsibility and grit and friendship, all of which we've talked about on the podcast in different forms. But um, can you talk a little bit about those and how you developed, you know, games on an app to help foster them? Yes. So we wanted to tackle each skill from lots of different angles so mm -hmm. that the kids were getting message saturation, meaning that they're watching the show on responsibility um, that has a celebrity guest on it. Mm -hmm. And then they're singing the pop song that's all about responsibility. We have one called Follow Through, which mm -hmm. takes place at NASA. It has these all these teenage dancers. Um, and it's a really fun kind of um, like space pop song. Yeah. And then you can practice with games that are in the show where there's a lot of um, engagement and participation. The kids get up and they do some of the activities that we're doing on the show. And then there's also video games. So like, for example, you know, manners like eye contact, there's a video game where kids are actually practicing eye contact. Oh. And then, you know, there's, there's cards that um, pop up between the videos that ask questions that are from our board game, Cues Race to the Top. And for example, manners questions come up there and mm -hmm. kids are able to tell this genius monkey who is kind of a rascal named Q what he should do in different social situations because he's just trying to figure out how to live life among humans and kind of how to get it right. And so kids, as you know, love telling other people what to do. So these right. cue cards that pop up on the app will um, prompt them to say what Q should do in different social situations. Um, so they're watching the show, they're singing along to the music, they're learning the dances, they're playing the video games associated with it, and all of it's customized too. So you as the nanny can go in to the app and plug the kids' names in and take a quick little quiz based on their personalities. And mm -hmm. so if one child needs to work on responsibility, they go straight to that episode. Um, if another child needs to work on friendship, they go to those episodes first. So we curate a learning pathway for the kids, which really makes it a personal experience. And then you're able to keep track of what they're watching and, um, and kind of play along with them and see the progress. Yeah, that's really great. Um, I love that so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, so are there, um, you talked about, you know, there's, there's videos and there's a board game and there's a stuffed animal. So, um, how, how does a nanny go about using those, getting those, any, all of that stuff? How do, how do we find out more 
about well, Q Wonder. The Q Wonder app is on the um, on the App Store. Okay, so great. So you can just download the free app. There's a parents portal which actually has a lot of great tips for nannies. Um, that's free, and then you can subscribe to get all the episodes of the show. So you can get all 48 episodes of the show, each one with a celebrity guest. The pop music is all free on there. Um, there's lots of additional bonus time videos and additional mm -hmm. content that just keeps the kids really um, engaged with each one of the life skills that they're learning. Um, and the more they watch it, the better, because they're really reinforcing what they're learning every single time. And they're really, you know, this is a perfect example of where you want to model something to the kids, talk about why it's important, show them a scenario where it matters to cue the monkey in his crazy world that he lives in, mm -hmm. in his tree house, and then give them some exercises where they get to do it as well. So you can get Cue Wonder at the App Store. You can also order Cue's Race to the Top, I mean, easy breezy on Amazon. Great. And that's a fun board game when, you know, when you're done with tech time and you just want to have some one-on-one -on -one interaction, that game really dives deep because there's a lot of questions for the kids so they can talk about themselves, talk about different social scenarios, and then practice all those balance and coordination drills that we talked about, mm -hmm. um, but in a really fun format. So they don't even know that they're learning so much <laughs> and you learn so much about them and you're able to, you know, really be a better caretaker because you're understanding where they're coming from and you kind of get why, why and how they tick. Yes. And I, I have found, you know, they, a lot of times kids reach a certain age or there are certain kids that when you just ask them outright, you know, how are you feeling or anything like that and try to have a conversation just sitting there, a lot of times uh, there's resistance to that because um, they want to go do whatever else. But I think getting at it from a point of view of a game where you're all sharing is, is really a wonderful way to have those conversations that aren't like, well, tell me about yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you get the yes or no answer and it's a total dead end. Yes. But right. If they've been like jumping on one leg and doing funny faces and laughing, then they're more than happy to answer questions about themselves. And I've had a lot of moms who have contacted us. I mean, even in tears saying, wow, I just asked my child this question about what does it mean to be brave? And he said, going into my kindergarten class every morning mm -hmm. is being brave. And she said, I, I couldn't believe it. I'd been dropping him off for five months and I didn't even know he felt that way. And so it's really right. opening up a lot of great communication channels. Um, and you get tons of hilarious answers from the kids too, <laughs> from all these questions. So it's really a great time. Um, and we've also incorporated a lot of those questions into the app so that you can play it virtually. So you don't always have to have the to-go cards with you or the board game. Wonderful. And I know those pop songs, I mean, some of them have gotten stuck in my head. And <laughs> I'm <I know>. sorry. <laughs> oh, no, they're great. Because I, I mean, you know, we listen to the wiggles in the car all the time. So it's nice to have some things to rotate in there that are also catchy and the kids like. Awesome. Um, so yeah. Well, wonderful. Is um is there anything else that you would like to talk about or um bring up or any other resources beyond the app that you'd like to point out? Um sure. Well, one thing that we were talking about earlier that I mm -hmm. wanted to touch on um was, you know, how do we really foster some of these skills day to day. And you yeah. mentioned responsibility. 
I think that's a really fun one, um, especially as a nanny, because this is one of the things that will make the parents that you're working with very proud of their kids too. And I think it just fosters so many important um, character traits. Um, You'd really be surprised at how much responsibility a young child can handle. Mm -hmm. We have some great chore tips on Q Wonder social media. And one of them talks about what, at what age kids are capable of helping out with what tasks. Mm. So you'd be, you'd be blown away by what a two-year-old can actually help pick up or that they can make their bed or they can even fold a little bit of laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as they grow, they get bigger responsibilities like, you know, getting to order food at the counter or taking care of their baby brother or even cutting vegetables with a kitchen knife, you know, right. a kid's kitchen knife. I'm sure you talked about that in your um, cooking segment. Yes, we did. But, you know, kids absolutely love responsibility. We have a song called Shape Up, Chip In mm-hmm. that, um, that encourages kids, you know, you're part of the family, so you can pick up and you can participate. And so I think those are some of the best skills that you can foster when the kids are home for the summer because for the rest of the year, you know, they're kind of getting – you, everyone sort of acts like their butler because right. they're so busy with school and their after, after school activities that they're not really having to pick up after themselves in the same way that they are when they're living amongst their messes, you mm-hmm. know, and they're in one place. And so um, I just really encourage nannies to make it fun by making up little games, turning the timer on and saying, how much can you clean up in five minutes? You know, even singing the Q Wonder songs like Own It and Follow Through. Those are all really great responsibility messages that you can reinforce. Um, and so, you know, there are great resources out there. I think one of the best things that you can do, um, as a caretaker is to read to your kids and Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter what the subject matter is of the books, but you're really teaching empathy by teaching kids to put themselves in other people's shoes, Mm -hmm. um, no matter what the storyline and, and just talking through what that person might be feeling and why do you think they made that choice? Um, those are really great ways to improve their communication skills and their empathy skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other thing I would recommend for doing during the summer. But that's really it. I mean, if there's so many ways to just incorporate social emotional learning in in small ways, as long as you're cognizant of, of it and and intentional about it, I really think that's half the battle. Yes, I would agree. And and also just really looking at summer as this opportunity to take your time. And we talk about that a lot on the show um, because as nannies, we are given, I mean, we're, we're paid to take our time with kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and that's part of our job is that we can go on the walk around the neighborhood that we get basically down the driveway and that's 15 minutes because we're looking at each rock and bug and blade of grass and, you know, and really exploring. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think sometimes when kids get to school age and then we have them more full time in the summer, we forget uh, that older kids love to do things like that too. Um, and so, yeah, taking your time and, and passing off responsibility. I've been working with one of my little guys on, um, he gets a different, uh, folding lesson on laundry each week and he's so excited to learn shirts, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. You mm-hmm. sound like an awesome nanny. <laughs> oh, well, thank but, you. you know, I really love that you understand that time is the best gift you can give to your kids. Yeah, and and attention and, and really being present with them. So I, I think that that's kind of the through line of what you're saying. Um, and I... I appreciate that and and think that that's a wonderful reminder um, that there are all these different ways to get at the same thing and uh, and to kind of uh, get into your own creativity. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really want to take a blank sheet of paper and say, okay, what do I have to offer to these kids? Mm. Besides my time and my love and attention, do I have any skills that I can teach them? You know? Right. Can I do yoga? Should I teach them how to do that? Can I sing a song? Should I teach them one of my favorite childhood songs? Um, and that's one of those great blank sheet of paper opportunities that that only a caregiver can can give. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Leinecke, who's a frequent guest on the show, uh, says, what legacy do you want to leave with your nanny kids? And I think that because we, you know, we all eventually will leave them. Um, so thinking about that. It's really beautiful. Priceless. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, wonderful. Is there is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we um, move into to the final story? Not that I can think of. Okay. Wonderful. Well, uh, great. So we end each episode with a cute, uplifting story anecdote. Um, and, and Sophia has brought one. So we have a young girl in New Jersey who contacted us. Um, it was actually the mom who told me that Q Wonders music and the episodes had really transformed their family. She was being bullied at school, mm-hmm. and um, she spent a lot of time at home listening to the Q Wonder songs, uh, particularly this one song called Stronger and another song called Look Him in the Eyes. Mm-hmm. And so the girl mustered up the courage, went to school, and she looked the bully in the eye and she confronted the problem and felt so liberated and came home and just raved to her mom about it. And that story just made my day. Yes. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Um, yeah, that is, it's, that's amazing. And a lot of adults don't practice bravery on that level very often. So. Yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised by what what a little tiny bit of empowerment will do. It will really light a fire in you. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, and thank you for, for talking with me. This was wonderful. Thank you. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Me too. All right. And for everyone listening, do check out um, Q Wonder. I will be posting things on the Chronicles of Nania Facebook throughout the week, um, links to, to get to some of these wonderful resources. So look out for those. And, uh, and thanks again, Sophia. Thank you, Martha. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.